our teachers are building strong relationships with our students. And that is at the forefront of our work right now. I think that students absolutely know and need to know that our teachers care about them. They empathize. Um, it's been a very challenging year and a half. They are so excited to have the students back. Welcome to the Indian Prairie Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Jovany, Director of Innovation. And Candy Michelli, Director of Professional Learning. In today's episode, we are excited to welcome Quinn Harvey and Mike Purcell to celebrate some of the great work happening at the high school level. Welcome, Quinn and Mike. Can you take a moment to introduce yourselves? Hi, everyone. My name is Quinn Harvey, and I am the Assistant Principal for Curriculum and Instruction at Matea Valley High School. I am very excited to be here to share with you a little bit about what's happening at the high school level. Hi, my name is Mike Purcell. I'm the Director of Curriculum Instruction for the high schools here in Indian Prairie 204. Thanks, Candy and Brian, for having us today. We appreciate both of you for being here. We're going to get the conversation started and kind of reflect a little bit. During the spring and summer, the high school team focused on supporting students as they returned to the school year. Can you share a little bit about this work and its impact on supporting students to start the school year? Yeah, we really started probably uh, even before spring break last year. A, uh, the assistant superintendent for the high school level brought together a team of, of folks who met every other week through the spring. Um, and into the summer that had building admin, myself and some people from the district office here, teachers and parents really to talk about a return to school. And we really kind of zoomed in on a couple of pieces that were really important. One is kind of that physical return to school. What is what does lunch look like? What is, you know, some of the details around spacing and masks and things like that look like? Really, that came down to you know, what was the state guidance going to be and, and, and kind of making sure that we were ready for all eventualities. Another big piece of that was the academics that went along with that, really looking at knowing that it was a uh, not a complete school year last year. There's a lot of great things that happened, a lot of great learning that happened, but there were going to be some things that we we hadn't quite finished yet and making a plan to address those as we came back and knowing that kids may not have the same graphing skills or note-taking skills or uh, or even some of the content skills that we've seen in the past that, that we needed to make sure we embedded into the class that they were going to be in next. The other big piece that we really looked at was that part of uh, social emotional learning and executive functioning and really returning to school and being a, a student in the classroom from 725 to 225 every day. And, and what are those skills you need to be successful? All three schools really took that on in a way and, and are bring, bringing some direct instruction to maybe ways that we've done even beyond what we've done in the past. Quinn really has led the efforts at Matia Valley and can tell you a whole lot more about what that looks like over at her school. Thanks, Mike. I just wanted to add to what um, you were talking about with last spring in all of our high schools, our PLC teams did look at how students were currently learning, also reflected on um, where students left off on skills. And then we had articulation across our PLC teams, not only horizontally, but also vertically um, before teachers left for the summer. So we had a really good understanding of where we would need to start with students in the fall. And then in the fall, our PLC teams, we visited those conversations to start planning for student learning in the fall. A few key things that Mike mentioned that really jumped out to our PLCs and PLC leaders, helping students to learn how to learn again. 
I think was one of the biggest phrases that came out at the high school level. We knew that not only every year we help our freshman students do that, but coming um, back from a year and a half of pandemic and many of our students not being in person for that time, we knew we had to teach students how to learn again. So that was a real emphasis. Um, another big piece that came out of our PLC conversation was helping students build stamina again for school. With the hybrid schedule last year, students needed to return back to a full schedule and then that also, you know, meant a lot of work, both from the teacher's perspective, uh, sports staff, as well as students and families. And then I think uh, Mike also touched on the executive functioning pieces. Our PLCs talked a lot about that. Surprisingly or not surprisingly, uh, many of our educators said that the students, even though there are skills that we would need to work on, they were more concerned for helping students to rebuild their executive functioning skills. Organization, time management, Stress management, um, to be very honest, were all key pieces that our teachers um, spoke about. And then academically, being able to communicate, to persevere, and then also to collaborate again. Um, it looked very different on Zoom than it does in our classroom, actual classrooms where active learning is a very high expectation in our, our classrooms throughout our district. So I just wanted to kind of build on what Mike spoke mm -hmm. about. Um, to share those pieces that our teachers and PLC teams have been working really hard on, and we're seeing positive impact um, this fall for our students because of that. We can say just from seeing from the outside all the, and uh, Quinn, you, you've done a really nice job of kind of tweeting out some of the glimpses inside classroom to see what it looks like. So it's great to see the interaction with students and the collaboration and how that has evolved as well. And you guys have started to hit on our next topic that we wanted to discuss a little bit because over the past three years or we've really started talking about SCL. I know Candy's been involved in that conversation as well, but I know Quinn, you've had a really big part in that work and Mike, you as well. But SCL wasn't just a focus last year. We really started to talk about that the year prior, but what does that look like? The evolution, the change, and how is that really supporting students and some updates in regards to that work? So last year, all of the high schools looked at implementing Tier 1 SEL curriculum throughout our um, school community for all of our students. We selected a number of lessons um, that we implemented, and depending on the high school, um, some of us implemented through our PE classrooms, um, others implemented um, school-wide um, through a different um, time block. Um, I have to really compliment, um, especially our PE department. Not only did we um, teach the eight lessons, but our teachers quickly shifted because of the pandemic and decided that they wanted to do weekly SEL lessons, pulling from our School Connect curriculum, as well as building on additional resources from CASEL and then our own curriculum from our PE health department and really did an amazing job teaching students the five competencies uh, of self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, importance of relationships, and responsible decision-making. They just did a really amazing job, and we actually saw it in our student survey data that students not only learn the skills, but were beginning to apply some of the skills, which are really important for taking care of themselves and their social-emotional well-being in order to access learning um, at school. Out of that, um, we were super excited that our school started talking about when we were returning this idea of habits, habits lessons, and how we could re-engage students in school, in learning. So at the high school level, we decided that we would implement um, habits lessons 
in conjunction with the SEL lessons to really build on those executive functioning skills that students needed um, with organization, time management, relationships, feeling connected um, to the high schools, feeling like they belong. So we are doing that um, this year for the first time in a little bit of a different way in each high school, but we're very excited um, that students are receiving instruction around habits for learning, habits for social emotional well-being. Um, some of us are implementing across the entire building during second hour, and then some of us are implementing via PLC and classroom teacher. Some of us are doing both hand in hand, but it's super exciting to see the work and to see the response, not only from our teachers and our students, but we're seeing a very positive uh, response out of it. Yeah, and that really, that work's happening district-wide at our high school level, as Quinn said, and and each of our schools took a little different pathway to get there, but really it's been that intentionality that has been kind of a step above the SEL work that we've done in the past to really kind of make this explicit with, with our students. And it really, what it provides for us is two things. One is this common language that now we can kind of talk about in all of our classes. That's that we talk about self-awareness or responsible decision-making aspects of the, of the castle framework that we can kind of use that as common language that everyone understands. And that really has made a difference in kind of following up and, and finding those opportunities in class to say, hey, this is where this kind of fits in. And we were talking about that earlier or earlier this week or last week, and it just gives us a common vocabulary to discuss these needs that our, that our students have and, and, and to give that. And it also gives us an opportunity to identify students that maybe need a little more of our support. And, and that's okay that they're just not there yet and they need a little more of our, of our time and attention. Inside the walls, we call that kind of tier two, right? So the tier one is for everybody. And there's some kids who need just small groups or a little bit more of our time to really kind of get organized or to kind of get, regulate a little bit or, you know, that time management piece, whatever that might be. And by providing direct instruction to everyone, it really helps to bubble up to the top who are some of those kids maybe that need a little more of our time and attention and partnership with, with home and in order to kind of achieve those things and to help them be successful. So flexibility has been is not only one of our ports of graduate competencies. If I said, how have teachers demonstrated flexibility over the last 18 months? You could probably list three pages <laughs> of examples of what that looks like. But uh, to highlight a few things, Mike, you've done a lot of work at the high school levels with blended course models. But Quinn, you've also started to dive in, and I know our other high schools have done this as well, started to look at within the four walls of uh, the classroom of, you know, using blended philosophies and strategies. But with that big bucket umbrella of just flexibility, how are, how are our teachers using that to really support instruction and student learning? Flexibility is everywhere, right? And, and that's really, you know, I think flexibility and grace are probably two words that, that we use most often in our, in our buildings. And, you know, our teachers are are just, you know, really uh, legitimately heroes in, in, you know, the last three months and the, the things that they're doing just to do the things that we're, you know, are kind of routine and expected is a huge climb and, and nothing is ordinary this year. But every, every person to a teacher is stepping up above and beyond to, to meet the needs of kids, 
to kind of fill in when we need extra help because, you know, we're short on subs or there's an extra demand for this. And to do that in this space has been been huge. So, you know, our teachers have really kind of gone above and beyond each and every day, flexibly thinking about meeting the needs of students and also kind of meeting the needs of the school in order to kind of maintain an environment that seems as normal as possible. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that, Mike. I think that we have truly amazing teachers who give all every day for our students. I think some of the things that really stand out for us at the high school level, when we think about the flexibility, we have been talking a lot about responsive instruction. Um, But even before that, to be honest, our teachers are building strong relationships with our students. And that is at the forefront of our work right now. I think that students absolutely know and need to know that our teachers care about them. They empathize. Um, It's been a very challenging year and a half. They are so excited to have the students back. We are excited to have the students back. Uh, Can I say that again? We are very excited to have students back (laughs) in the building and we love working with students here. But I am just, just so proud of our teaching community and how responsive and flexible and innovative our teachers have been in meeting the needs of our students. From our struggling students to our high-level students, teachers have completely thrown out their, let's say, lesson plan and have started from scratch. And they're doing that every single day to meet the needs of our students. But to be specific, our PLCs have talked about slowing the pace, focusing on core essential skills, Mm -hmm. making sure that we are providing timely feedback. We have talked about formative feedback as something that is here to stay because it is what is driving our instruction and our supports for students every day. Our teachers continually talk about timely interventions and supports. How can I provide this right now because I know this is what the students need? How can I maximize collaboration with my colleagues so that I can help more students more efficiently? So, I mean, I can definitely go on and on about how (laughs) teachers are being flexible and adaptive and responsive, but I I just really want to give the credit to our our teaching staff and our support staff, to be very honest. They are working overtime to support our students who have social, emotional needs, Mm -hmm. academic needs. Our support staff are also amazing and have been very creative at how they partner with outside uh, resources as well as inside resources and working as a team to efficiently help large numbers of students, much more than in the past, who need support today. So kudos to our teachers. For sure. And and Quinn, this really does tie back to what we're talking about at the beginning, right? That flexibility is day to day and you're never quite sure kind of what might be coming and, and things are happening really fast and, you know, kind of world in a, in a still pandemic world that, you know, that things are, are not as normal as we would hope they would be. Right. But adaptable is probably, that's a, a great word choice, Quinn, because that that's that piece that really kind of some of the knowns or we kind of the things that we suspected may be, impacting us and 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 those mm-hmm. professional learning communities those teams of teachers that are coming together and adjusting plans you know kind of real systemic plans in order to be responsive to the needs of kids we knew what's or suspected what some of those might be when they arrived and then some emerged that we didn't couldn't couldn't plan for and, and we're you know being mm-hmm. adaptive to those as well and and those are big huge changes that our teachers are doing very routinely these days in a in a very non-routine world so um, those are really huge, huge pieces that that, that our team is taking on. And, and yeah. you know, we are just so I'm just so proud to kind of be even associated with that work because it's uh, it's happening all the time and, and in really big ways. 
Absolutely. I think adaptable and resilient, I think, yeah. are great words to describe our teaching staff and also our students. Right. They have been extremely resilient through this whole time and want to be here. Our students want to be here and they want to learn. And um, so it's great to see. I think what helps our teachers, too, if I can say, is um, when they're able to collaborate and work as teams and share ideas and share struggles and work together to be creative on solutions and problem solve, um, that's when I see our teachers really thriving and able to um, support students in one another. You both have shared so much of the work that's currently being done. It's kind of hard to fathom that there's more work to be done this school year. Tell us a little bit about what you're thinking about what's next. Yeah, that's the exciting part about being Mm -hmm. an educator and and education and leadership is there is always more. (laughs) One piece that I think Mike alluded to, um, we are currently collecting our SEL data, our baseline. Um, One of the pieces that we're going to be doing next is we're working with our school improvement team to look through um, a variety of our data, including our SEL data, our panoramic data, our academic learning data, feedback from our PLCs, five essentials, and so on. But I know one piece for sure that we're going to be looking at is how can we take the information not only from our students and our staff, but also our data, academic and SEL, to really start thinking about that systemic tier two. So where do our students need additional support? For example, is it coming out that they need more stress management? Then we would build a support around that big idea. So I know that organization, time management have popped as areas of need. Executive functioning are definitely showing as um, areas of needs from students um, as well as staff. And then that stress management piece. So um, that's going to be one next step for us is to look at what our students and staff are telling us and what our um, data is telling us and to plan out very specific strategies and supports. But speaking of responsive instruction, um, one piece that we're going to add to our habits lesson on Tuesday is we are actually going to have our student leaders um, co-facilitate the lesson with our second period teachers. What we're seeing in our community is that we have great student leaders who want to be a part of the solution. So not only are we teaching the habits lessons, but our student leaders are going to step up and provide examples from a student perspective to really deepen that conversation and to model for our students um, what we expect at the high school level as far as learning and culture. I love hearing how you add in that student voice component. Sometimes it's it's the most important. Teacher voice and student voice is the most important to the work that we do. And sometimes it's a lot about the time that we have. And I think that's so, it's amazing. Mike, what are you, what are you thinking about what's next for you? Yeah, I just think that Quinn really highlighted that, you know, our, our teachers, you know, as we talked about earlier, being responsive and adaptive, our leaders have really become very forward thinking in terms of or what are those needs and and how, how can we kind of make some plans kind of moving forward you know Quinn and I have been we're just been talking over the last few days about some survey data they're doing with students and really kind of digging in on that and saying what is this telling us and, and it's really the job of our leaders and they are doing it expertly to to, to listen and and to hear what the community is saying and to hear what the teachers are saying and to hear what kids are saying. And then to take all that information and to make some plans uh, on what's next, because there are challenges that we have now that are unprecedented and to kind of make new plans, bold new plans in order to kind of meet the challenge has been sort of the order of the day. And, and our, our leaders have really stepped up to that and, and are doing doing great work to, to lead some some really complex places to some really cool things. So so I, I'm super grateful for their work and, and the things that they're doing to keep us kind of charging forward. Absolutely. And I think also circling back to our PLCs, 
to talk about data and then also how we can continue to support our teachers at the classroom level. I think it's going to be really important. Um, there are many good things happening learning-wise, um, but we also know that there are challenges for students academically and social-emotionally. So we are going to continue to monitor and work with our PLC teams and um, be creative at how we continue to support not only our teachers, but our students moving forward. And then for another podcast, um, we're also at the high school looking at equity and grading practices. So that will be coming, but for a future um, topic. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> That's come up in so many of our podcasts. It's so true. It's a, yes. it's in there somewhere. It's coming, Quinn. Mm-hmm. It's coming. We'll, to, we'll make sure that you're part of that for sure. We'll be thank both of you today for um, being part of the conversation. Definitely a, a huge kudos to all our teachers and their hard work and investing in in this SEL work and and all it does to take take care of each other a lot of that research supports that when teachers are teaching SEL that they're improving their SEL and modeling those actions too so hopefully we get to see some of that dual benefit thanks for your time today and we look forward to having a conversation with you soon thank you thank you we would like to thank both Quinn and Mike for their time today. We appreciate all the hard work of our high school staff and teachers. Their leadership and guidance truly does make an impact on all of our students. We would like to thank members of our curriculum instruction team for their leadership on this topic and extend a special thank you to members of our communications department, Lisa Berry and Clayton Urbanic, for making the podcast happen. If you have any further questions, please email your questions to curriculum at IPSD.org. We thank you for your time today and hope you enjoyed being part 